Nobody knows how their end is going to come, and to expect it to be happy is idealistic at best. But I don't know. There's something about the human condition where I believe if we don't all expect it, there's something in everyone that at least hopes for it. And in that is a sense of humble nobility. Or at least that's what I tell myself at the end of the day. And I think whether that's a rom-com or, you know, your neighbor down the way, whenever we find an ending, we try to contextualize it into a place that makes sense. And with this movie, with Kirk Jones's Waking Ned Divine, I think we find something so extra special about the concept of endings. If you haven't seen this movie before, stop right now, go watch it, come back and listen to this podcast. It's one of mine and Ryan's favorite films. And I think I'll just end it there. What is it? Schlager. Solange. Solange. Like Solange Knowles? Uh, you know, this is the same joke you made last time. No, which I don't. You are not drunk enough to have made a double joke uh, here. Drink. Drink. Uh, uh, mm. Mm. Welcome to A Gentleman's Guide to Rom-Coms. I'm Kelly Song. Across from me is my buddy Ryan Graves, mm. Um, mm. who's who's not Ryan Song. No, we've We've confirmed that after mm-hmm. a couple of podcasts. Remember when we first moved to Portland and our friend's mom and dad like put us up for a couple of days? Yeah. And they had way more booze than we'd ever had in our lives. It was the best. It was, we were living the high life (laughs) for about four days and we were like, oh, so this is what living in Portland is going to be. We love it. And she put this thing in our ear where we didn't look her in the eyes the first time that we cheers. She's like, if you, if you do that, you're not going to have good sex for like the next seven years. Like, oh no. And I was like. I already don't have good sex. (laughs) And I was like, but I don't have any sex. (laughs) Should we eyes again? Oh. I always do that with my wife, and she's like, stop it. (laughs) Uh, What, sex? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she she does not like that. Stop it. Stop it. Don't look at me. And beautiful in every single way. Man, this pod, this this one's starting off strong. I'm a half a beer in, and it's, we're already sloppy. So uh, today is a very special day. Ryan, you prefaced this last episode by calling this our not-quite-a-rom-com number two. Yeah. Do you feel like maybe you fucked up? What? <laughs> I mean... There because, is a romance in this movie. No, 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 no. Not, not in that regard. Oh. Mm. Oh, because, okay. because what this feels like to me after watching this movie, um, Robin completely agreed with me. So it must be true. I, there is such a confirmation bias when Robin agrees with you. It's like, aha. <laughs> oh, welcome to my life, buddy. <laughs> welcome to, well, Sarah said this about this. So I just wanted to bring it up because, I mean, obviously Sarah knows a lot since she is a psychiatrist. She's not a psychiatrist. She's, a, She's a mental therapist. There's a huge difference. And if it has to do with relationships, I want Australian there for a second. <laughs> if it has to do with relationships, Indeed. she's the authority. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, what, is, is not, what does she confirm? 
this is not a not quite a rom-com. What it actually is is a bromantic comedy. Um, we should have saved this for Valentine's Day. Well, I um, on air production meeting, I was hoping that we could actually do with Nell and I for Valentine's Day. <laughs> oh, okay, I guess yeah. I mean, look, we're already in the British Isles. Well, this is not in the British Isles. Yeah, let's confirm that. This is this is Ireland. I mean, I mean, it's technically in the British. It's in the Isles, but it's not Britain. Okay, so this week's movie is Waking Ned Divine. <sighs> That's um, divine, not divine. divine. Yes. Um, I'm going to tell you a story and then I'm going to explain why I still think the way that I do about this. So let me tell you a story. Tell me a story, Turk. Let me tell you a story about love, D'Artagnan. I ask you about love, probably quote me a sonnet. I'm not much more than an interpreter and not very good at telling stories. That's the end. What do you mean that's the end? That's not. It's the beginning of something interesting. Listen, that's the end of that saga. The end. Oh, we got into that quick. Um, Okay, so Waking and Divine. Just like we got into our cups quick. (laughs) So this movie starts with a soundtrack that was basically Kelly's go-to college playlist. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Not the Waking and Divine playlist, but like (laughs) Irish rock of the late 90s. Let's just let's just say the name out loud. It was probably flogging Molly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, and it this movie starts with the same verve of Irishness that the Boondock Saints starts with. Well, yeah, that would be Dropkick Murphys, but yes, totally. Um, I, but this is where that is Irish transplant American, mm-hmm. where like the only the only member of Flogging Molly that's actually irish is the lead singer and i don't think any member of dropkick murphy's is <laughs> irish this is yeah this this feels like this is ireland right off the bat this is green hills this is people drinking in pubs yeah this is rainy weather destroying umbrellas ryan when i was in ireland which i only spent about a month and a half in ireland but i lost two umbrellas yeah <laughs> because it's so windy and it's raining all the time. So you're like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this umbrella up. Oh, there goes that umbrella. It's destroyed. You literally go along the road and you're like, oh, there's another one. We lost another good one out here. Yep, yep. Um, but you're right. It is super, Irish. super Irish, but in the best way possible. Yeah. And here I am talking to Kelly's song, Nay Macrillis, mm, and mm-hmm. I couldn't have a more Irish-American co-host, at least in name. Sure, <laughs> as my dad. My dad, dad, if you're listening to this, hey, he was, like, would love, love it if anybody brought up anything Irish at the dinner table, because he would be like, ah, now's the time to do my accent. Oh, God. And his, like, go-to was like this... It's like this, not even Spanglish. Like there's this, like I'm saying something Irish, like Gaelic. Right. But it just kind of sounds it. Right. Like it, I wouldn't call it quite racist at all, <laughs> but it was definitely like, sure to be going on a bit of And it was like, dad, that's nothing. And he's like, oh, it makes me feel good. Didn't they do that joke in A Castle for Christmas? Isn't her driver like saying stuff in Gaelic? No. Uh, or her- it. Her, it's like her heavily, driver's saying stuff. It's Scottish. It's a Scottish accent. Her driver's actually saying stuff in English. She just can't understand it. Because he has such a thick accent. Yeah. Which, you know, happens in rural anywhere. Like, yeah. I remember being in northern England, and I was in a post office, and this guy in line, you know, you, 
it's hard when anybody in line talks to you because you're like, oh, so we're having a conversation? Great. Here we go. <laughs> um, but when you can't understand them, and he was like, oh, they're talking about tangents and time and lick me obbles. And I was just like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what did you say? But I just nodded and said, yes, sir. Yeah. So uh, speaking of Irish accented things, they live in the village of Tullymore. Tullymore. I've been here all my life. I like that the sign has its Anglo spelling and mm-hmm. then it's like Gaelic transliterated spelling. Exactly. Well, like, it has its Gaelic and then spelling American and then, yeah, yeah. or not American. English. Anglicized. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing wherever you go in Wales because uh, they have like their Welsh and then the English spelling. And the Welsh is always more fun because there's more consonants. Yeah. So you're instantly transported to this place. And yeah. man, it is like, um, it's like cabin porn. It's like, it's like if I ever. <laughs> like cottage core. Yeah, yeah. Like if I really, I think everyone watching this movie is like, I want to be here. I want to start a new life in Tullymore and live in this village with 50 other people. Me and- too. This is what I'm talking about. What were we watching when we were like, this is, this is what we want out of life. I think it might've been falling in love where we had like a big conversation about like living that village life or maybe in one of our Gilmore girls episodes. Yeah. This is very romanticized for good reason. Uh, so we meet our main characters, Jackie O'Shea. Jackie, do you think you're the Pope? And his wife, Annie. Have you seen the boys? Not today, Annie. And played by, uh, Ian Bannon and Fanula Flanagan. There you go. Um, they, he has a best friend, Michael O'Sullivan, played by David Kelly. It's adorable. Michael, go home. I leave you in peace to count your winnings. Everyone loves to play the lotto in this village, which it's weird because they get lotto tickets, but they barely have a phone line. Like, how do they? Well, they have phone lines. The phones are just down. They just never work very well. I I think what I did notice when I was over in both England and Ireland, even if you have a like a small, quaint, cute village, there's still like a, like a tiny market that has all the trappings mm. of civilization, yeah. like quote-unquote civilization, Yeah, where it's like, okay, here's where you can get um, lotto tickets, here's where you can get like 20 different packs of cigarettes, and like what else? Uh, and like, like all the bad beer that you want. Sure. Right? And so it... it it didn't surprise me that this existed here. That would have really broken the illusion, though, if we saw like a Quickie Mart like yeah. down, downtown well, more. I mean, you do see the inside of the Quickie Mart. The the post office place? Yeah, well, no, it's with where the, the crazy old, lady. Yeah, yeah, with the lady. Yeah. Um, it, and it looks like it inside, but on the outside, it's like that nice Cobb building yeah. that you know I want to build. And Hell I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <sighs> So yeah, everyone loves the lotto. It's this really tiny village of 50 people in this beautiful Irish town. God, I just want to move right now. Me too. Tully Moore, we should. We should go. We should go. Go now. What are we drinking tonight, Ryan? Because I think the people the people want to know at this point. This is an Omission Brewing Company IPA, Bold and Hoppy. Gluten, where's, where's Omission out of? Uh, I think here, right? It's, it's Portland, glu- Oregon. It's gluten-reduced. I was promised gluten-free. I, you know what? <laughs> I do the best I can. So we'll see how my tum-tum is feeling in a little bit. Um, so we are drinking in honor of the, not a massive amount of drinking of this, but they they uh, get around. There's at least, 
Like we see a lot of drinking at the parties, but more so it's like we hear tell of it the next morning. Yeah. Which yeah. I, I feel like is very true to life. Yeah. So the everyone loves playing the lotto, yep. especially our main characters. And um, they find out, Jackie finds out that someone in their village won. Right. Because he didn't win. And then he finds out like via the paper, I think. And he, he communicates that to David or to, to Michael. Jackie communicates to his best buddy Michael, and you know they're best buddies because they're stripping on the shore and they're only skinny dipping in the in the you sea. You have to love your friend, love swimming, and love. No, no, those are the two things you have to love <laughs> and love being naked because, like, swimming in Ireland is it's cold generally speaking. I gotta think they're acclimated. Yeah, probably. You're right. right, and I guess it's summertime, isn't it? Sure, maybe. I mean, do you get hay fever in the winter? No, it's probably summertime. Okay, I mean, yeah. but still, I don't think Ireland gets that warm, like where, where they're where they're at. I mean, I was there in September, and it was like every other day it rained on us. <laughs> so there you go. Um, but they they're like, ah, somebody's somebody's won the lottery here because it's just in this county, and we're basically the only town in this county. There's so got to be the village. There's just fifty people. It's and, one in fifty. And so they're like, we're gonna hunt for who it is. Yeah. So they. They do all these things. They concoct a, a dinner party and they invite the entire town over and they basically interrogate them. Like, slash get drunk, slash yeah. pay for a bunch of chickens. And like we meet Pigfin. Have you seen Pigfin? His glasses there and himself is in the toilets. Who's one of the, he's played by James Nesbitt. Who's oh, I love James great. Nesbitt. Yeah. Um, wasn't he a hobbit? I think he was a hobbit. I think he was. Was he the one that picks his nose? Was he Dwalin? Oh, oh, you mean on in The Hobbit? Yeah. So that would be a dwarf. Damn it. <laughs> God, <laughs> I feel short. so embarrassed. I'm only a half drink in. Jeez. Don't worry, we got one more for you. Yeah, he's a dwarf. Was he Dwalin? James Nesbitt, let's see. Dwalin? Uh, I'm going to look it up He's right not now. Keely or Feely. Guys, while he's looking up, can I just complain for a second? What the fuck was up with Keely and Feely in the Hobbit movies? What was going on there? Like, you have to have hot dwarves? Like, why did we have to do that? I know that they're younger. I know they're like a generation below Thorin, but come no, you, on. No, you can have hot dwarves. They just don't need to get it on with an elf in the way that they don't in the books. Oh, like, uh, come on. James Nesbitt was Bofer, who Damn. in the books is not necessarily a non-entity, but he's just like kind of like, he's kind of gruffer. Um, but I think in the movies, he's kind of like the demolitions expert. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Pigfin, his Pigfin. story. Pigfin. Pigfin. Uh, he's one of the only like... 30-somethings that lives in this community. It's a very aged community. Right. You basically have one child. Yep. Three 30-somethings. Yep. Because of the pastor, or the priest. Yep. Mmm. Mmm. Priest. Mm. Not reverend, not bishop, <laughs> the priest. not pastor. Legitimately a priest. Um, and most, mostly older people. And, you know, I like I have a headcanon right away. I'm like, oh, they have these kids that grow up in the village, then realize there's a bigger world out there, so they're just going to move away. Right. Yeah. And the best thing about like um, Jackie and Annie, they don't. We don't necessarily know if they have kids or not. It doesn't seem that way. No. And same thing with Michael. Yeah. Like if they do, which is possible, it's just they live somewhere else. But it's a non-factor in the movie, which I love when you can have characters in a movie where all you need to know about them is what they bring to the screen. You don't necessarily need to develop their outside life and like what they were when they were younger, because we don't, we don't know what these people did in life. Right. 
You know, this is just them existing now. But we we also understand from their behavior, it's like this is like an ancestral home to them. This is like like we know like Jackie. Tully Moore. You mean? Yeah, like Tully Moore. Like Jackie seems to only really know Tully Moore. He doesn't really seem to care about the outside world. Sure, I I, I kind of imagine that he, he and Mar- he and Annie married, but she was from somewhere else, mm-hmm. like maybe a village down the way. Oh sure, yeah, you know, sure, sure, or a sure. different county. Yeah, uh, so. Uh, yes. They can't find anybody. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, and uh, they 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 see Pigfin in his sports car and like, oh, is he's like, no, it's his brothers. And you know, uh, the crazy lady who runs the post office was drinking champagne, but they find out her daughter is pregnant. We know more about these ulterior characters' families. Yeah, and I, I just love getting to know this village because it's mm-hmm. very Stars Hollow. You know, yeah. Everybody's got their shtick mm-hmm. and their personality that they bring to this town that it, it doesn't it's not like we're introduced to this adventuring party where everybody's super different. It's just everybody's got their quirks. Right. Right. Whereas like the Shaun of the Dead. Right. <laughs> it's a really random comp. But still, like Shaun of the Dead, it's like this character is this uh-huh. and that's it. Whereas. Uh-huh. This is very Gilmore Girls about it, where it's like, you know, you got your Miss Patties mm-hmm. and your Babettes and your your Maury's and the same thing here. And so what happens is they invite all these people to this dinner and they realize one person is missing. Mm-hmm. And that one person is the person that Jackie's going to go search for. And he goes Ned over to his Divine. house. Ned, Ned Divine, the titular character. And he goes into his house on this rainy, rainy night and finds him dead divine. Dead divine. <laughs> Holding the winning ticket. I really like the shot where it's um, the Michelangelo painting and he takes yeah. the, the winning ticket out yeah, of the dead hands. God, is the music perfect in yeah. this scene? Like, there's... This kind of movie is the kind of movie I want to make. Yes. I was realizing as I watched this movie, which you and I probably watched together in 2010, mm-hmm. if I'm remembering correctly, has like so much of the screenplays I've written has its DNA founded from this film. Yes. And <clears throat> like just conceptually in the way I think about like how I would shoot a film, but also just like writing wise, like having these quiet impactful moments where it's like you know they're not saving the world they're not there's nobody's like health on the line per se it's just that somebody died and that somebody gives them like somebody else the opportunity for a different life yeah and it's just that yeah but but just this the framing of it with the music just gets you in the feels it really does. It hits you in the heartstrings. Ugh. It gets you right where the whiskey lands. Oh, I love it. So <laughs> right away, Jackie's like, fuck yeah, I've got the winning ticket. <laughs> it was, I don't think it was at this point, but it was at some point where Robin was like, okay, out of you and Ryan, you're Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Ryan is Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, body type wise, it's reversed. Body type wise, reversed, but... Like I, I'm probably the one that would come up with this scheme and get you to do it with me. And what's great about you, you're the kind of person who, if you get someone into into trouble, you have a higher responsibility to get them out of trouble. Thank you. That's, that's what you're defined by. It's, it's only, it's only right. (laughs) Yeah. Like uh, to any troublemakers out there, if you're ever getting anybody else into trouble, you take the fall. 
Okay. Mm, if you right. can't get them out of it, that I, is the one rule. I don't think I've actually done anything nefarious on your behalf, but I remember being in somewhat questionable circumstances where I'm just thinking, <laughs> no, where I'm thinking, <laughs> Kelly will talk her way out of this. Like, I won't have to worry about talking my way out of this. Kelly will have something like cooked there's, up. There's definitely been times where you and I have like just gone somewhere where we weren't supposed to. And right. you, you do this thing where you look around and you're like, I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's, I think that's kind of what defines Jackie and Michael a little bit. Cause Michael, uh, what's their first plan? Cause Jackie basically is like, I'm going to impersonate, um, Ned Divine and right. we're going to call it in. And, and it's only 500,000 is yeah. what he thinks. And so like winnings wise, it's, it's not huge. And so the state isn't going to be looking too closely. Yeah. It's not think. that big of a deal. So he calls the lotto office. Like I've got the winning ticket. Mm-hmm. They call it from the the phone. The phone pretending booth to be at the end of town. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because the the um, the phones are down. Yeah, and yeah. so they're like, "Sweet, that was fun." And then they go for a swim, and the <laughs> lotto man comes to audit. Like that day, he comes via helicopter. No, no, it's a different day because, like, remember he tells his wife, and she's pissed at oh, him. Oh, okay. And but he comes way sooner than they expect. Right, right, right. He he just comes really quick. Yeah. And so he, but he scopes out Jackie and he's like, Hey, how's it going? Can you help me get to this town? Because I'm here from the, you know, the lotto and blah, blah, blah. And so they have to switch. And now it's Michael's turn to pretend to be. Michael's like me is like, fuck, I can't be a liar. Like I can't do this. This is his thing. This This is is Jackie's thing. Well, okay. Like that's what's on his face, but he jumps at the opportunity. This is, I think because he's like, he's like, I got to like, like it's it's imperative that someone takes the rain and I'm the only one to do it. Well, he's the only one who can yeah. because Jackie is sequestered in the car with the the hay fever guy from mm-hmm. uh, the lotto office. And so in one of the greatest scenes in cinema history, Jack or Michael jumps on his scooter naked, which does seem like something I would do rather than what you would do. <laughs> I just love where he's trying to get his pants on. He's like, uh, ah, uh, fuck, fuck it. it. <laughs> <laughs> and he scooters all the way back to Ned Devine's house. Yeah. And there's some chicanery where they like trick, you know, this this guy and and they do a, re- a passable job at it. But unfortunately, he's got to come back and just confirm that this person is Ned Devine. Right. Which is kind of a contrivance but also something i could see legitimately happening well i mean they're being really convenient of like no photo id seems to exist in ireland at this point like that would have been signed sealed delivered just photo id you're done yeah but like i'm thinking about this and it is what is this 98 something like you're in rural nowhere ireland I, as an American who knows nothing about rural nowhere Ireland, right? When I'm thinking about it afterwards, I'm like, I can grok. Like this. this is a plot from like the 40s when photo IDs right. weren't really a thing. Right. right. We're like, but all yeah. the paperwork is is here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> we don't have that scene where Jackie's at home furiously photoshopping. <laughs> yeah. This is a movie that really wouldn't work in today's technological age. Like we would really have to like be pulled over of like, okay, so this one town is exempt from any kind of like, which really things. makes today like setting things today a lot harder I yeah. think, to make plot work. Yeah. It's really hard to make inconveniences. Like, well, then just Google it. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. You're right. I have a Facebook account. Damn. You can see I'm not Ned Divine. Yeah. There's so- him drinking with his buddies. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, he we find out that the the jackpot is like six million dollars. Right. Like, holy, 
Holy shit. And this changes things for Annie, where she she's like, look, you're at this point in time, you're messing with things way over your head and you could go to jail. Worse, you can make Michael go to jail. And like we Or worse, expelled. <laughs> Thank you, Hermione. <laughs> and like you know, thinking about this and thinking about like like let's heaven forbid mother mary joseph um sarah dies mm-hmm. and i got you into trouble robin would give me this grief oh yeah where she'd be like if you make ryan go to jail he will not serve <laughs> <laughs> she's 100 percent correct um and i was just like this it's at this point in time where we see the two of uh them in bed together jackie and michael great great pull excuse me but great pull out here <laughs> Uh, <laughs> because he's in we see we see Jackie in bed and he's ruminating and, and he's it, we t- just see it, him. it almost feels like an apology. Yeah, but then we see in bed with him as Michael because because <laughs> Jackie got kicked out of his house. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was at this point where like Robin and I kind of commiserated about the fact that this does feel like a bromantic comedy. Let's get let's keep going okay. and then and then I'll make my defense. Um I will say up front as as a concession i'm mostly agreeing with you but i will make my case no i I don't think there is a case to be made against you oh okay i just think it's a bromantic also a romantic comedy yeah Yeah. Yeah. for sure (sighs) they have to go to the town because Mm -hmm. the guy's going to talk to everybody and and interview them they need comrades uh what's what's the um collaborators yes yes and jackie has one of the best simple cinematic apologies where he just says, I start I had a scheme where I was gonna be the only beneficiary. Me mm-hmm. and me and Michael were gonna be the beneficiaries. I was wrong. Right. Now I'm including you, my community, my family, my village. We're all we have to go all, all in together. What is it about somebody who's Irish where me as an American, it's really hard for me to be stay mad at them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I, I think there's uh, like, like with Australians, I think they're extremely good at telling tales, um, like like having a conversation with an Australian. I've noticed that they're just always good at like keeping the patter going and like yes anding. Oh yeah. And with like somebody who's Irish, I'm like you can make a mistake, but you're so jovial about it afterwards and like admitting that you're wrong. Yes, there's like a Scrubs episode where the the. The mm, guest star yeah, uh-huh. is Colin Farrell, mm-hmm. and that's the whole thing: is that Colin Farrell is so fucking charming. Yeah, <laughs> because he's a criminal, right? Yeah, he's yeah. the one who got got the guy in the hospital. He's like, "Oh, I'm the one who knocked him out." And it's like, "Oh, we have to call the police." It's like, ah, uh, don't okay, it's that's Colin fine. Farrell. Yeah. Well, come on. And uh, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's just like the um, charisma, I would call it. Yeah, there's a charisma, and so at that point, Annie forgives him because he does the right thing, and he. He's like, it's a lot more money than I thought. Let's share it with the town. Yeah. And I mean, partly because they have to, but partly because like it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Which breaks it down for everybody in the town to like Mm $131,000, which Robin and I were, was, uh, we did like the inflation math. Uh Whenever Robin's watching a movie like this and like money's brought up, she's like, what's that in today's money? (laughs) And um, that $6 million become six. $6.8 $6.8 million becomes closer to $10 million. Oh, cool. And so it's a lot of money. Yeah, t- yeah. totally. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say pay off your house. I'm like, well, can't pay off your house like that these days. And these people <laughs> all have their houses paid off. They've been paid off since like 18, 
yeah but they'll be taken care of yeah Um, oh yeah i I want that's what i want for them i want them to all have happy luxurious lives yeah exactly and i love that when whenever like they all get pretty happy after this meeting and uh there's there's a scene where all of them show up at the pub yeah and like the guy's like the the who's paying for who's paying for everybody's like i am am." and it's like he's the richest man in town because well, yeah, because they're all going to put it on their tab. <laughs> exactly. When when all of them get the same amount of money, yeah. they all owe him at least yeah, some money. Totally. Right? Uh, so, so let's let's talk at this point. Let's talk about the um, the James Ned Nesbit and yeah. Susan Lynch. So the subplot here is you got Pig Finn who's in love with Maggie. Come on then. Let's get closer. And we get that they have a romantic past and. Uh, she, Maggie has a kid. Yeah, he she has like a ten year old son, and he has a, a, a like in today's day and age, like uh, he has this friendship with the priest. We're like get away from him, but it's just like it is. Yeah, it yeah, is but very it's, innocent. It's, it's, it's an innocent friendship. Yeah, yeah we're, but we're, it, it, the the headlines of pop culture makes it kind of like hard to look through. Sure. Yeah, but I mean, it's like. With what we're shown in this movie, it's a very innocent yes. thing. It's it's not like every priest is a child molester. <laughs> yeah, it's a very nice friendship between yeah. this visit. As the priest is visiting. He's just kind of like yeah. He's he's like they're taking over for the priest that left for like a month. Yeah, and and the kid is just kind of buddies with him, and uh, well, it's a friendship that makes sense. Yeah, and it's it's also a friendship that like it gives us context for the film mm-hmm. where the kid acts as the philosopher to this priest's questions. Yeah. Where like the kid has some questions about God, but it's more like he's, he's poking holes in religion. Mm-hmm. And the, the priest is kind of talking about like, he's like, I don't know if this is necessarily right. And the kid's like, well, if you think about it like this, then anything's right. Right. And he's like, start. <laughs> <laughs> but what's great about the priest too, is that the film isn't like uh, those religious folks. So repressive. The, yeah, the, he's the just priest a, is like, huh, good point. He's just like kind of in on it. Yeah. Because the priest is getting paid too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so the priest, like it's, it's a very good portrayal of like, um, not a holy figure, but just someone who's of the cloth. Yeah. But I love it. Yeah. I think it's, it's, I think if you're going to portray a kindly person of the cloth of any kind and of any stripe or, or ethnicity or religion, I think like having this this sage question asker is the person that a small village needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I, I really liked them their characterization. But nobody knows who Maggie's kid is. Yeah. The, we don't who know the, the father, father is. is. Yeah. And Pigfin is pretty convinced it's him. Right. Because Maggie is kind of like the only girl her age in the village. Mm-hmm. And it seems like there's like Pigfin, there's this other guy who knows who he is? I can't. I don't know who it is. Yeah, he's he's actually he plays a character in Star Trek who <sighs> dates like Catherine Janeway in Voyager, and so Rob and I were like, oh, oh, we know you, we know you. Um, but he also he plays like an Irish pub owner. Yeah, but he's like after her affection, and we're like, okay, so Maggie's Maggie's probably done the rounds in this town, so like we don't know who, but it's probably Pigfin. Yeah, and that's that's where we're at right now. Well, and the- they deliver my favorite line of the movie. Do you know what it is? What you know what it is. Um, uh, no. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's a fruity soaps. Uh, <laughs> it's a fruity soap. I've been using some fruity soaps, Maggie. I've noticed. The reason why she fruity soaps. hasn't married Pigfin already, who she loves, is because he takes care of pigs. He's a pig farmer. And at one point, Jackie is trying to, like, figure out whether he's 
you know, got all of the money and has won the lottery. <laughs> and he's like, hey, you can have some fruity soaps. Yeah. And the only reason she hasn't married him is because he smells bad. And, and it's just such an unfortunate conflict that I'm like, I think. Like, what else is he supposed to do? He's He yeah. is the farmer in the town. Like, I think she's kind of being a little unfair. But then again, is she? Is, is she? she? Because, <laughs> I mean, if you're smelling pigs all the time and you don't like the smell of pigs, like, that's a hard thing to get over. That's for you. Oh, thank you. Solange Knowles. <laughs> Solange. Solange Neva. Neva, yeah. Um, so. But they, they have a very warm chemistry with one another. They really do. I like them together. And he like, postures a lot. He's like, ah, will you marry me, Maggie? Yeah, but but in a charming in way. A, no, absolutely charming <laughs> way. And if you're ever curious how, if, if someone says, Kelly, strike a pose. What this is what he does. He does this like, will you marry me kind of pose. I think there's a there's a difference between there's like some bumpkiny like characters like this who have a lot of pride. Yeah. And like like maybe in, in a he's in like in Oklahoma oh, or something. But it's so great. Where this about guy has Finn. he has almost no pride. He's completely upfront to her, and I think that's his he's the most noble uh is he the most noble character? I don't know. I don't know, but he's the most straightforward he because like of nobility because he's just like this is who I am. It's Big a humble farmer. nobility. Yeah. Because like at one point when Michael and Jackie are trying to like wheedle out of him whether he's won the money, they'd buy him a bunch of beer and he's like, "Thanks, you've never bought me a beer in life." <laughs> like I love this. And we find out that he just needed to ask Jackie a question about pigs. Yeah. There's something simple and lovely about that where he's also like trying to take care of this kid, even though he doesn't know if it's his. Yeah. And he's trying to be nice to the dad as opposed to this other guy who's after Maggie, who's like, you know, just trying to like wheedle his way in there. Totally. I really, I really like, I want, I want Jackie and Michael to be my pub buddies like, Me I'd much too. rather go out drinking with them than someone my own age. Oh. Well, no, you would come. Okay. <laughs> but, like, it's just, like, again, the Stars Hollow stuff. Like, that's yeah. who I want to run into in the pub and just, like, sit down with. The, like, it's funny because in Stars Hollow, the Jackie and Michael are probably the Babette and Miss Patty. Like, I feel time. like at a town meeting, I would probably be most comfortable sitting next to Miss Patty because no offense to Lorelai, she would talk too much. And I'll be like, Lorelai, shut up. <laughs> but Miss Patty would just have the correct amount of asides. Totally. And I, yeah, yeah. I, I want to hang out with her. Jackie and Michael know what to say and when to say it. Yeah. They don't, they don't talk too much. They're really good company. They're not like us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's see where are we in the story so yeah that's that's who you want to know about Pigfin and Maggie and mm-hmm. Maggie's lovely oh my gosh like, just hot damn right? Irish lass you know just <laughs> oh but there is a holdout right mm-hmm. uh, so basically they get everybody to agree to this uh, wild plan where they're going to pretend that Michael is Ned Devine except I think it's Mrs. McCready mean Mrs. McCready right is that not Miss? No, yeah, you're right. It's not Mrs. Kennedy. No, Mrs. Kennedy's the crazy lady. I think it's Mrs. Kitty. No, Kitty's the one who has a a, a crush on our Michael. Oh, you're right. Well, she's not on here, but yeah, pro- we'll say I Mrs. Think McCready. Yeah, I think she's it's this Mrs. lady who's um got a a rascal. Yeah, <laughs> you know, one of those electric scooters. Yeah, and she's a crazy cat lady. She's a yeah, and she has got a chip on her shoulder, and nobody knows why. She doesn't like paying for things. She's just 
upset. She's the town jerk. Exactly. And she's like, okay, yeah, I'll go along with this plan. But since I'm the last one, you're going to pay me a million dollars. Yeah. And which the town I, is like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Which I actually looked up how much that actually takes away from them. It's still $120,000. But totally not fair. Not fair at all. Yeah. No. Um, so <sighs> what happens now? Um, so you're only two drinks in. See, this? It's you're getting... What's yeah, what's I mean, the Irish term for getting like sloshed, like getting uh, getting a little? Sloppy. This isn't it, but I this is the first thing that came to mind. Cornered, <laughs> you're getting cornered. Let's see, faded, uh, cross faded. No, no cross faded. That's no, that's when you do two things at once. Um, smashed. No, yeah, you're not that's, smashed. That, that's American. That's all right. Uh, so what happens next is um, they do the the wake for Nedvine. Right, they do, they the, do the wake. They and, do, and this is right when, um, like, they're they're actually doing the wake for Ned Divine. But this is right when the Lotto guy comes back. Yeah, guy has bad timing. <laughs> so, in probably the best scene of the movie, <clears throat> they are all gathered at the church to for Ned Divine's funeral, and uh, the priest has Jackie come up to do the. Um, you googly the eulogy, <laughs> um, and just when that happens, the lotto guy comes in, and a very key like bit of screenwriting is the townspeople are like, "How are we supposed to know uh, who mm-hmm, the lotto guy is?" Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Jackie says he sneezes, which you would think wouldn't be enough, but as soon as he enters the church, he sneezes. Everybody turns around, knows what's up, and Jackie has to do on a dime a new eulogy. Yeah, and everyone knows it's like okay. The con is on. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Oh, it's on. It's on. So he switches and he does a eulogy for his very alive friend, Michael. Michael. And it's a beautiful speech. It's so beautiful. And one that I I think the pact should be whoever whoever of us dies first. It first. We have no choice but to just read this off like a verbatim. <laughs> just the whole I love it. thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Here. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> May the best man win. (laughs) May the best man die first or last. I want to read it. You die first. Michael O'Sullivan was my great friend. But I don't ever remember telling him that. The words that are spoken at a funeral has spoken too late for the man that is dead. What a wonderful thing it would be to visit your own funeral. To sit at the front and hear what was said. Maybe to say a few things yourself. Michael and I grew old together. But at times, when we laughed, we grew younger. I mean, I would like to That's be what they're honored gonna play. in that way. That, they're going to play that as, as my funeral goes by. <laughs> I mean, <And> it's, <laughs> it's totally a weird, morbid thing, but the whole movie got me thinking. I'm like, what would it be like someday when I have to if either be buried or bury, bury Kelly? It sounds so metal, but like... That <laughs> <laughs> did sound metal. But it's just kind of like, what would be the best way to honor his life? Right. You know, I got to thinking about that today, too. Well, yesterday when we watched this, but 
I actually was thinking a little bit more about like what are Ryan and I going to be like as old men? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just pretty got, much this. I got so excited. And this, I like uh, this is going to be a little wishy washy right now, but I was excited to be your friend older. Yes, like I'm. I'm excited to be your friend now. We have children, so it makes it difficult to hang out. But I'm excited to be your friend for now and the next fifty years too. That brings us to this point. I think I'm hoping. I'm hopeful that when we're friends as seniors, it'll be almost akin to us. As friends in college, because we'll be retired together and we oh, can do whatever yeah. the fuck we want, <laughs> and we won't have any homework to do. <laughs> yeah, and it's like we'll be like Lord of the Rings marathon, and Yay! our wives will be like, "You did that last weekend." It's like we so can't what? remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful speech, scene. and it kind of drives home Kelly and Robin's contention that this movie is a romantic comedy. Right, the, it's the film's um, epiphany. Apostrophe. Yes. It's it's basically one character saying, I love you, mm-hmm. and I probably haven't told you enough. Mm. And what's what's driving a lot of this movie is their friendship and yeah. is their chemistry together because they're just great friends with one another. You know, we get that in a lot of movies where it's it's not two people who are starting out dating, but it's either two friends who have fallen in love, but they haven't like told each other how much they love each other yet. Mm-hmm. Or it's two people who have been in love for a really long time and have kind of fallen out of love yeah. that need to reaffirm their, their yeah, love. Like, but Like but, date night. Right. Yes. It's a lot like that, but it's two people who have never fallen out of love. Yeah. And so it's such a unique experience where Absolutely. I, I think that's friendship sometimes where it's like we take each other for granted, not in a bad way, but just in a pedestrian way, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they, they convince him and then they're like, oh, yay, it's it's come off and we're all drinking and it's perfect and we're going to make all of this money because we have this giant check. But, but mean Mrs. McCready realizes that. Sounds she, like a Beatles song. I know. <laughs> mean Mrs. McCready, she wants to get some money. Kumbaya. <laughs> so she's like, I can actually make more money by calling this in and like, she gets reporting 10%. you guys. Yeah. yeah and I'll... I'll <laughs> And they're like, how could you live in town, like turning us all in? She's like, I don't care. She would, she would be fine with it. And like, I was, I was trying to find the deepest, darkest part of me that could be fine living in a community that I'd betrayed, and I just couldn't find that part of me. You would have to go full Sith. Yes, exactly. Full yes, Sith. Yes, this is the. You no longer have the high ground, Anakin. Yes, <laughs> yes. Full Darth Vader about it. So she goes to the phone booth to call it in, and in a bit of somehow divine, might we say divine <laughs> providence, divine intervention, and pitch perfect black comedy. Yes, she gets launched into the sea <laughs> because the Lotto guy sneezes, and it causes him to almost hit. The priest who's coming back to town mm-hmm. who hits the only working phone that she happens to be inside of. The, the, um, what's it called? The phone booth. The phone booth. Thank you. I'm getting a little <laughs> tipsy. And she bites it. Yeah. But it's, it is divine providence, literally, because a priest does it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, they get away with it. They get away with it. And there's this great scene where they're playing music and there's like a violin string that snaps. It's gorgeous.
And so what we learn in somewhat of a coda to everything is that uh, Maggie, the father right. of mm-hmm. her child, was is Ned, Ned Divine. Divine. So I'm thinking about this. We look and see Ned Divine when he's like bald. He's got a big chin. He's dead. So he doesn't look super attractive. But I'm looking at this kid and this kid's like 13, 14, maybe. Mm, I'd say 10, 11. 10, 11. So I'm trying to think. I'm I trying think to, I'm trying to his, rewind 10 they, years. They off did Ned. his age at like something like 68. I'm like, oh, he doesn't look great for 68 or something like that. Yeah. So he's like, let's say mid 50s. When, when, when the coitus happens. When the coitus happens. And Maggie says, he treated me really nice. And yeah. she looks like she's upper 30s. And so she was late 20s at that point. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm fine I'm with this. I'm totally good with relationships. Yeah. So so Maggie's basically like, oh, he does. he does. Ned Devine did have family. Mm-hmm. And, it's his kid. And uh, Jackie's like, you should have gotten the money. She's like, no, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Like, he's, he's willing to say right now, like take the check. And she's like, nah, it's, it's good. I'm glad that the whole town gets it. But it does bring up an interesting question. That is basically the, I would call it the Indiana Jones paradox. Oh, <laughs> so short round involved as, as the bit, this is made famous as made famous by the big bang theory. There's an episode of the big bang theory where one of the characters says, you realize that Indiana Jones Raiders of the lost Ark the outcome would have been the exact same thing if Indiana Jones didn't get involved. Well, I've thought a lot about that. So basically what Ryan's prefacing right now is that the, the Nazis use the Ark of the Covenant and it kills all the Nazis. Thus, you know, the United States would have gotten the Ark of the Covenant in the long run anyway. Right. However, this presupposes that the United States knew where the Nazis were taking the Ark of the Covenant, which they never would have known without Indiana Jones' ingenuity. I don't think it matters that America gets it in no, the end. I somebody think what matters... No, somebody else could have found it, though. No, I know, but I'm saying the Spirit of the Lord would have murdered all. <laughs> like, Maybe. Like, any anyone would bite the dust. It's not like Hitler was any special, like, agent. He was, he was going to get... Like, actually, it would have been better if they opened it in front of De Fuhr because he would have bit the dust right away. Uh, I mean, that's that's true. But it would have been different. It would have been different. And okay. it wouldn't have been Indiana Jones if Indiana Jones wasn't there. Yeah. And so this is the Indiana Jones paradox of, like, you know, Maggie could have just spoken up, like, at the town meeting. It would have been, like, kind of mortifying to do that. But do it in a way it was like, you know, we don't have to con anybody. Technically, that the all that money's mine, and I'm going to share it with all of you guys. Oh, yeah, that's true. Like, they could have avoided all conflict and pursued full legality. Well, well, but this, I think what that would have meant, though, as well as they would have had to prove that somehow. Uh, Genetic test. Yeah, we're but, not living in the 30s. We like give us give us some technology. I guess so, but they would have had to have like they've already like they've they've got Ned Devine's body, right? Yeah. You, you can you can dig it up. <laughs> <laughs> Which Indiana Jones would have been great at. <laughs> right. So, and so that's that's that's, the that's that. Well, but okay, then there's another coda where uh-huh. basically Ned, Michael, the kid, the bartender and someone else, somebody who else is that ends up on a hillside where they raise a toast to and Ned it's Divine. the poster, it's the movie cover. Now is this the director of the movie? I don't know. I don't think so. Can we? L- I'm going to look at a picture of Kirk Jones. Kirk Jones directed this movie. Yeah. He also directed um, My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2. He's not even on the poster. 
I think it's Kirk Jones. Maybe it is. I think the director just went up with them. We should have looked this up. Yeah. But on the poster, uh, we're looking at it now. It's Michael, Jackie, the bartender, and the kid. And then on the bottom... But why isn't it Pig Finn? Right? No, it should have been Pig Finn. Maybe I don't he wasn't available that day. But it says on the bottom of the poster, finally a comedy that will feel make you feel like a million bucks. And hell yeah. It totally does. Totally does. So here's here's my thing. I told you the plot. Yep. I will I will agree somewhat that it is very romantic comedy, but mm-hmm. I would still say that it's not quite a rom com because I agree. The full point of the story is not the central relationship of Jackie and Michael, but the town at large and everything that they go through. And just like our first, not quite a rom-com of that thing you do, it has the feeling of a rom-com, but the central premise doesn't hook on to a romance. Right. I'm thinking a lot about the origin of the Mm rom-com and I'm thinking back to like Shakespeare Mm -hmm. right now. And we watched a much do about nothing earlier this year, which is very quintessential. It's, Mm -hmm. A bunch of people, a lot of mistaken identities, like competing romances and wants and needs. And and it ends up with a wedding, a double wedding, where mm-hmm. lots of people get married and everybody's happy, right? Yeah. Now, this movie follows a, a very similar timeline. It's just that nobody gets married. It's just that the town gets married to each other through this money, kind if, of. If it was Shakespeare, Pig Finn and Maggie would have gotten married. Sure. But since it's not, it's just everybody in this town is connected yep. through the money. Yep. And it makes the town better. Yep. And so in spirit, I would say what makes not quite a rom-com is all's well that ends well. Mm-hmm. And that happens in this movie. Yeah. I don't want to say it's just a happy ending because not all happy endings are not quite a rom-coms. But I think if all's well that ends well and the lighting and the people and the circumstances feel right. It's not quite a rom-com. My role is I know it when I see it. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, so it's Irish porn. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I think that throws us right over to trope talk. Yeah. And welcome back to trope talk. It's like John Locke talk, but with less bunkers. God. Oh my God. Woo. Ooh, careful this with been, that. This would have been better <laughs> if we did it in that movie that John Locke was in. Right. Cutting Edge. Right. But... Topic. Topic. So, <laughs> what are we talking about today, Ryan? Speaking of not lost. <laughs> <laughs> Although, what's in the hatch? What's in the hatch? We're talking about Community. We are. Not the television show from 2007. Which is fantastic. Six seasons in a movie. Um... But we are talking about people coming together because of something. I think what is so romantic about this movie Mm. is the warm fuzzies I get from seeing all the people together. Correct. Again, the Mm. Stars Hollow factor. It is a magic that I think today we are feeling very remiss without. Yeah. And I think we're feeling... 
isolated. We're feeling lonely. I've stopped waving at my neighbors when I go on walks. I really miss the days That's of 2020 when I would do that. <laughs> yeah. We 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 miss it. We miss we, do. we miss the community. There's there's something about being in gosh, I remember the last time I was in a small community pre-pandemic was this small town on the Oregon coast, which is like just a little north of Wheeler. I can't even remember what the name of it was, but there's there's like five shops and a couple of restaurants, and I wouldn't even call them restaurants. One sold soup and ice cream, the mm-hmm. other one was a bakery. And everybody knew each other in the town, but on top of that, everybody knew us by the time we left the town. Right. <laughs> and it's because if you're if you're new, everybody knows what's going on. And there's something about a small contingent of people that means that if you you're either going to be excluded by them because you're different, or you're going to be immediately included by them because why else would you act any different when there's so few of you? Yeah. And what I love about this movie is that uh, Jackie has the whole town over for a dinner party, mm-hmm. and he has the whole town over. Yeah. He has all 50 of them over to his house. They stuff inside there, and they have a banging party. And I can't do that. I can't. We had a birthday party, and we struggled to get to, like, 15 people. <laughs> exactly. And we live in a place with way more people. Yeah. And... uh I want his life. I want to have that kind of that richness of, of those right. people. And the thing is, you don't need to be best friends with all these people. I think the thing about a community is you accept each other for each other's differences. You don't love all of them uh, like 100% all the time, but you accept each other and you build something greater together. Yeah. And your community is like your family or it is your family. And we see this in the family stone mm-hmm. where our characters aren't all family together literally yet but they might have to be and they might have to figure out a way to be family with sure. one another yeah, yeah. And how that's, are they going to do that that's the the struggle of family and community is how do we coexist with each other because like family stone like dermot mulroney could just you know go and marry sarah jessica parker and, and not deal with anybody anymore yeah and they wouldn't be connected they wouldn't be the same they wouldn't be the stone family they would just be you know whatever because they don't like mm-hmm. meredith but they figure out a way to love her and there's something in that that sense of community where it's like i'm not going to give up on the connections i have which is exemplified in the the term stronger together which i <laughs> heartily believe in yeah um but the the idea of we have these connections Yes, these connections are tenuous at times, but we won't give up on them fully ever um, is is like, I mean, even just back to our first movie, Notting Hill, mm-hmm. we have this group of friends. Right. And that's all great. Friends and a friend group will stay together for a long time. But what we have is actually a couple in um, William Thacker and like his his friend who's now married to his other friend. Right. Yep. They used to be a couple, but they're not a couple anymore, but they stayed connected to each other, which yeah. I'm not saying you always need to stay connected <laughs> to your ex. Sometimes it's very healthy not to be. But in seeing that, it gives us an idealism or an optimism for the future. It is the way that we, I think we all wish that we could be with each other if yeah. we weren't so imperfect. Well, and it's it's the real goal of while you were sleeping is that she, yeah, like she's got a crush on eyebrow man. Sure. Um, <laughs> OC guy. You know who I'm talking about. 
and then you know she gets a crush on Br- Big Brother William w- William Pullman. No, well, Oof. yeah, William Pullman when he's <laughs> when he's with company, <laughs> just like starring William Bill, <laughs> Bill Pullman. It's William. So it's it's like Ryan and I have this character of Bill Joel, who's the serious <laughs> Billy Joel. <laughs> yeah. I am the clavichord man, not the piano man. No, no, no. Bill I Joel. play the organ. Uh, she ultimately wants what they have, which is I think family. William Joel plays the organ. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Uh, tonight, a piece from Bach by William Joel. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it. She wants she wants the family life. Yes, that's what she's been missing. Uh-huh. Like, she, yeah, these guys are hot, but like, she wants ultimately what she wants is family with them. Yeah, and. She she gets it, and I, I think, sure, it's a movie. All of these are movies, and they are idealistic looks at lives if they end happily. Because you know, like, not every movie ends happily. I, I, what's what's the movie about all the priests in Japan? I don't know why that's the first one that jumps into mind. Silence. Silence. <laughs> I wouldn't say that's necessarily an optimistic film, um, but that's the genre we're covering generally ends optimistically. I think we've only encountered a couple that don't maybe Brokeback mountain yeah. which isn't entirely unoptimistic still because it has romance in it right right but the this movie in particular is saying sure there's death sure there's deception sure there's disconnection with that lady who is not on board with the entire town but for the most part, humans are good. For yeah. the most part, humans want to connect. For the most part, humans want good for their neighbors. And it's what we like seeing. We really like seeing, and I think it's because it helps us continue believing in it. Yeah. And yeah. it's convicting, too. It's hard to do that when, even in, we're in the suburbs. I, don't, I, I know, the, I know the, the dude, Nate, who owns the coffee shop down the street. Mm. Sup, buddy? Sup? We're not Sup? friends. We're not friends, but... <laughs> But you know I know his name. his name, and he knows my son's name. I don't know if he does. Knows he my know name. your name? Maybe change it, <laughs> change that, because maybe he is our new pig fin. <laughs> maybe Nate's our pig fin. Uh, no, no, no. He he owns the shop with his wife, so maybe it's pig fin post post getting together with yeah. Maggie. <laughs> no. Maggie, and he maybe he had fruity soaps. But but everyone knows Theo's name because I always do this thing where everyone's like, oh. Oh, you're he's so cute. You're like, blah, say blah, hi, blah. Theo. And I was like, Theo, say hi. So they always mm. know his name. And so at the brew pub across the street, at the the teriyaki place next door, they all know Theo. So what you're saying is Theo is your wall between you and your community. No. <laughs> I think what I should do is like, Theo, say hi. Oh, hey. Hey, Dad, Ryan. <laughs> you should say hi, too, Dad. What you need to do is teach, <laughs> teach Theo to say your name and introduce you to everybody. I don't want what my you need son is referring to, to raise me as an Ryan. ambassador. <laughs> this is my dad, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I don't say that happened. But Wait, what's I, the what's the formal of Ryan? Um, Sir Ryan. Sir Ryan. Okay. Um, but yes. What's the formal of Kelly? Kellerman. Really? Should I be? Should I have been calling you Kellerman this whole time? Um, it's what my grandfather's name is. Kellerman. Uh, Kellerman Macrillis. Well, my, well, William Kellerman technically. Oh, okay. He, he goes by Kellerman Kelly. As well. My grandma calls Theo Theodore. He's, I mean, she's the only one allowed to call him Theodore. Theodore is a fantastic name, and too. that is his name. But he will always be Theo. And well, someday he's gonna be like, I think he should be. He's someday he's gonna be like, wait, wait, my name is Theodore. So Robin is so anti giving Elowen a nickname because she's like, I want to name Elowen 
Elowin, so I can call her Elowin. Uh, but literally, her name is L. <laughs> literally every single person walks up to Robin and is like, oh, what's her nickname going to be? Ugh. And and Robin hates that. And I'm like, I could call her a million nicknames. But Robin's like, no, no, she will be Elowin. And slowly but surely, Robin's been like, I don't know. I think I want to call her Lo. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Which is like the the weirdest middle of the name, but I love that she's. Well, doing I it. like that because the way you alight it, you go halo. Well, we do. Right? We we've been saying hello to her, and at one point in time, she was like, "Hello, hello," <laughs> and we're like, "That's your name, hello." Your baby is a Cockney baby. My hello, <laughs> my baby really loves it yellow. Is the thing. Yeah, she's um, a big Jeff Lynn fan. So, anyways, that's the movie. Yeah, that's, that's the movie. That's the trope. But I bet if you if you looked really 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 hard you might be able to see in our community of patrons, uh, patrons a new saves. essay that we have yes uh this week it's me i write about the as american uh not the otherness of british people because british people are like we're not others we're british we were, <laughs> we were your predecessors uh but there's something about just talk about accents and just how americans watch rom-coms there's something about the the romance of accents and the strangeness of it and how it makes it more romantic the richard curtis films get that extra extra letter grade up because it, they have notting hill foppishly being british i think there's a fascination in general, I not even just with Americans, but um, when when you're from one country and you're watching somebody else who you, especially who you can understand, but sometimes also, you know, if you're watching something with subtitles where you're just saying like, this difference adds a layer of interest to me. I always wonder why you have people like Benedict Cumberbatch and Ewan McGregor being attracted. <laughs> They're being a, like gravitate towards roles that are Southerners. And it's just like, is that is there something just unique about the American sound of a Southern accent? I think it's easy to grab onto from what I. Right. But they come back to it time and time again. Like challenge yourself with like a real like California <laughs> accent, you know? That was pretty good. Um, have you seen Godzilla 97? You know, Matthew Broderick. And... I freaking love that movie. Okay. So, you know, um, what is it? Jean, what, what is his name? Uh, the French guy in that movie. He was also Leon. Yes. Jean Valjean. Jean, no. Stole a loaf of bread. No, that's not his name. <laughs> Jean Renault. Jean Renault. Thank you. More cream. Um, <laughs> when he shows up in that movie, he basically does like a Southern slash John Wayne impression. And I think it's just... If if anybody's doing that accent, you either need to suspect they're a spy or they're definitely American because no American's <laughs> going to do that accent unless that's their accent. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, that is that is that the, is what you've written. Thank you for writing that. We also have our bonus episode up this month on our Patreon. Uh, it is of the new PTA, Paul Thomas Anderson movie, Licorice Pizza. So if you want to check that out, if you're dying to see it, but you want a couple of dudes' opinions about it first, or you loved it and you just want to pretend like you're talking to us, come over to patreon.com slash romcom gents where you can find essays, bonus episodes, our movies of the month. What are what what are our movies this month? Oh, I mean, bring it up on the, the big screen. Tell them about my big screen. Oh, Ryan has this. I would I would hazard to call it a big screen. It feels more like a command station. It feels like the bridge yeah. of a starship. There's a lot of screens in here. Oh, 
So you can just no, no. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. I love it. it I'm jealous, and that's why I'm saying it in this way. Um, but we have a bunch of movies up on our listener poll, yep. and uh, if you come over to and become a patron, you can determine what movie we watch at the end of every month. And this month on the poll, we've got How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, Legally Blonde. Oh. We've got 27 Dresses. We've got Monster in Law. But the big surprise this month is Legally Blonde is blazing ahead of the trail. Crushing it. So if you want to keep the crush, get on Patreon. It's $2.50 a month just for the polls. That's just a cup of coffee. Cup cup of coffee. Cup of coffee. And if you want to share it with your community. But if you guys want to like rally together and make us do Monster in Law instead, you know, get on there. Please don't. But if you do. I'll appreciate it because you're still helping us out. So you haven't seen Legally Blonde. I have not. Have you? Uh, I've seen it once. Okay. I'm really excited. If you look at my shelf. I, can I find it? Is it, not, is it pink? Not only do I own Legally Blonde on Blu-ray. I see Mean Girls. That's pink. <laughs> but I went out and made sure that I got the Shout Factory edition of Legally... Don't fall off your chair. The Shout Factory edition of Legally Blonde 1 and 2 because I wanted to have... Because there is he's, the... He's just not into you as the other pink one. Oh, yeah. I wanted to have like the definitive edition, and oh, it, legally, legally blonde connection collection is actually blue. Yeah. Oh, okay. There, if you guys are curious, Shout Factory puts out Blu-rays that are really high quality. So if there's something like I have got the Dirty Rotten Scoundrels from Shout Factory, I've got When Harry Met Sally from Shout Factory. Mm, nice. Really, like above average picture and sound quality. I, I wanted to make sure that I got Legally Blonde in the who, best possible format. Who runs format. Shout Factory? Is that is that independent or is that like a Scorsese joint? Um, William, William McManley Shout oh. is his name. Really? <laughs> no. Okay. No, but they're... William Shout. No, they're great. They The first thing I ever got from them was the Freaks and Geeks DVD box nice. set. Nice. Yes. Very good. I, Very actually, good company. That's something that I've been thinking about re-watching at the moment because I have... Actually, I just sent you a screenplay of a TV show that's... Not exactly Freaks and Geeks, but it's got elements mm, from it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should rewatch that mm-hmm. to, to see for future episodes. Yeah, so I'm excited. I'm going to watch Legally Blonde. If it wins, it, it'll be in the best possible format. Yo, Legally Blonde, hey, come on over. <laughs> Ryan, speaking of the best possible format ever, I think we got a letter this week. Hey, Flo. Huh? Mail come. Got mail for you. Oh, Pete, you've got mail. You sent me a letter. You've got mail. Yes, we did. We had questions in our last week about the preacher's wife because we decided, shouldn't it be the pastor's wife, the the bishop's wife, the proctor's wife? Well, he was, Proctor? He, was he was referred to as the reverend in the, the movie. Yes, the good rev. But on Wikipedia, it referenced that this guy was a pastor, but then also he wore a collar. So we we're like, is, is he a bishop? Right. Or a priest. Uh, so there were there were a lot of questions that we had, but luckily one of our patrons, Stephanie Simmons, knows all about this nonsense. Uh, Stephanie says, <clears throat> Your friendly neighborhood pastor here to write in about the reverend pastor preacher questions. Reverend is something you can be called once you are ordained. It's like a title that goes before your name when you are ordained. So is it kind of like being like a doctor? Um, yes, the way that Ross Geller is technically Dr. Ross Geller, right. but please don't. But he doesn't operate. Like that. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't operate on anybody. Um, pastor is often interchangeable with priesthood because the pastor often does preach, but they are, in fact, different jobs in a church. So we are right. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is probably not all that exciting for the train man. Oh yeah, toot toot, the train man said this, sorry. Thanks train man. Fuck you guys. F you guys. Um, so no worries. She just thought that she could help with this and decided to write in. And, and thank you. Really you help. did. Thank you. Uh, at Whitworth, did you have any teachers that insisted being called doctor? Because they all had PhDs. Well, no, not all of them, actually. There were a couple uh, teachers that just had masters. Yeah. Um, that changed slightly when we were going through school. Um, I didn't take a lot of science classes, so no. <laughs> well... <laughs> I remember where Leonard Oakland is like, you can call me Leonard. You can call me. I think he was like, if you have to, you can call me Mr. Oakland. But for God's sake, never call me Professor Oakland. Yeah. <laughs> so I think most of the English teachers preferred their first name. So calling them doctor, I think, would have just been pretentious beyond belief. That's what I love about the English department. Like, there's family right there. That's family. That's Being community. in the English department because it's like, hey, do you guys want to talk about Shakespeare? And all the teachers are like, yes. It's like, <laughs> thank God. Oh, thank God. Can you talk? Because we're way too embarrassed. <laughs> <We don't... laughs> I do remember one time where I very legitimately skipped Doug's Shakespeare, one of his classes, and there was this big assignment where we had to work on like iambic pentameter, iambic pentameter stuff, and I was like so lost. And I went to Doug. I'm like, "Can you explain this to me?" And he knew I skipped. He's like, "I don't know what to tell you." Oh, <laughs> he didn't say that, but he basically gave me that attitude of like, "Well, maybe don't skip my class." I asked. So this is. Doug does not listen to this, but um, at one point in time, like I had to, I was writing for the paper and I was writing like five teachers. You should definitely take a class from while you're at Whitworth. And one of them was Doug. And when I was interviewing him for this, I was like, so a lot of students give you the nickname Dr. Death. What do you think about that? And he just dead eyes me and he's like, I do not like that. And I was like, oh, maybe that shouldn't have been my first question. (laughs) <laughs> Moving on. What's he your great, favorite color? He's a great teacher. <laughs> Blue. No, I mean green. <laughs> ah! Okay, so I don't know what we we're talking about. I'm three beers in at this point. So Kelly, ask me the question. Wait, didn't we have something else to talk? No, that's right. Would you give this movie a rom-com Oscar? <laughs> Fuck, this is sloppy. <laughs> Sorry, right. I think the people love it. The people love it. You love it. I mean, if you're, I didn't have a. Dr- you, I you was dirty freaks. You love it. I was stone cold sober watching the movie last night. Maybe I should have changed that. I was not. Robin, <laughs> Robin had. I got. I got Robin some Irish gin that is. Um, it was brewed with gunpowder green tea. Cool. <laughs> she really likes it. It's good. It's good stuff. And I was drinking scotch, and so. It's pretty yeah. good. It's a pretty good night. What I figured out with babies is don't give them any. <laughs> but don't give them any liquor. No, definitely not. <laughs> but Although my grandparents, geez. <laughs> there is there is kind of like a like uh if 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 you've got if you got babies, like one drink, loosen you up. If you're past two drinks and you have to stay up with them, it's hell. <laughs> no, yeah. I actually haven't had more than two drinks at home since I've had Elowin, I don't think. Nope. Like it's just I, I A, I wouldn't trust myself. Right. Because not that I'm s- super sloppy or anything, but it's just like I don't know, she's tiny. It's it's not it's not like it's not like the drunk part. It's the like if you've had a few drinks over the course of a few hours yeah. and you're 
body's just crusty, just super sleepy. I'm crusty anyway, 24-7, man. Yeah, Fuck. and it's just like, oh, I, I had one slip up. It was a big date night. I had like, th- I had an extra glass of wine. I had like three glasses of wine on date night. And like just that 3 a.m. like having to get up with Theo, it's like, oh my God. <laughs> it's <just laughs> like, I can't do this. And it's yeah. the third glass of wine. I'm like, I remember when I was cocktail number 12 10 years ago. And why is wine number three the one that's killing me? It's because of your dad. Uh, last night, like, gosh, just re- Ellen's hasn't been sleeping great recently. Just a tangent one more time before we do Oscars. But she, like, we've. We started going to bed at eight because we're like, you know what? She's sleepy. We're sleepy. Let's yeah. do it. And then we finally fell asleep at 915 because yeah. that's when like it was like she nursed and then she was like kicking, 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 kicking. She pooped. I changed her nurse, kicking, 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 finally fell asleep. And we're like, OK, we'll sleep. And she basically slept until midnight. And so it was like, great. You know, <laughs> that's fantastic. She woke up, nursed, went back to bed, woke up again at like 2 30 and then from then on she woke up once an hour every hour and i probably changed her diaper three times robin was nursing her every time so she got the brunt of it but she's not sleeping at all and if i had been drunk or at least even tipsy through that god it would have been horrible yeah it was hard enough as it was (laughs) last night i was up with him at 5 30 and i was having that judgment call i'm like are we should i drink (laughs) and i was like are we up for the day? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we it, going? Like three days ago, she woke up at five and I like changed her. And she again, like I basically changed her and then she pooped in her new diaper. And I was just like, fuck. <laughs> and so I changed her again. I brought her over to Robin. Robin nursed her. But I couldn't get back to bed. And so I was like, just give give her to me. I'm up now. I'm going to write for the next yeah, four hours. And I'll just felt. take care of her. Uh, the 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 despoilt, like brand new diaper, it it accomplished its job. That's how I like figured oh, that, out. That's your like justification because of it. <laughs> because at first you're like this diaper is supposed to last me a couple hours. You lasted me a couple minutes. Like no no mission accomplished. Sure you you did you did what you needed to do. The worst is when you're like you're changing your baby. This doesn't need to be in the podcast. Maybe it'll make it. You're changing your baby, and you're like okay you're done pooping, and they're like yeah wait I'm gonna poop one more time. It's like okay great it's still the dirty diaper. Exactly you, you clean them. You put them, you haven't even closed up the new diaper, and they're like, I'm gonna poop again. Oh, <laughs> the suspense of when you see their face, yeah, and you're like her, and there is no diaper. The old diaper is long gone. Oh, and you've got the new the diaper coming, and you're like, Go, go, go. <laughs> and then there's only been once when on the changing table, I've had to go through three. Yeah, but I know there's gonna be more days to come. Oh man, what a <laughs> world it is to be raising an infant. Anyways, anyway, your home come Oscar. Speaking of speaking of Oscars, I've got. Is that what we should call poops from now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice Oscar. Uh, yeah, it I, really does sound like a poop. Continue. I, I am giving it best soundtrack. Oh, it's a good soundtrack. I can't even tell you what songs are on this. Mm. Great songs though. I a great score. There's the. I, maybe I should say best score because. The pipes. The the movie hits me in the feels because of the way it sounds. It really does. Yeah. And it's it's if I visited Ireland, this is the soundtrack of my head. I'm like, this is how it better sound. Right, guys? You know, like Sarah mm-hmm. did this where she well, not really, but her memory of Europe is 
Coldplay because she just had her headphones on the whole time. And so when we listen to certain Coldplay albums, she's transported. Do you have do you have any of those bands where it's like you were in a place and this this band means this place? No, but I will go to Ireland someday and I will only play the <laughs> Waking Dead Divine score. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you can do that and that'll probably be a good decision. But Or or they're just playing it over the airport terminal as you as you walk in. You just hear bagpipes. What's the band that does the pumped up kicks you better run? Um, yeah, better Foster run. the People. So that came out when I first went over to England to go to school. Mm. <laughs> and so that song played every single day. Yep. So whenever I hear that song, I feel like London streets, man. <laughs> London calling, right? Punk for life. <laughs> Anarchy in the UK. <laughs> That's a fantastic Oscar. Um, I'm going to give this, dare I say it, best picture. Whoa! We've had a lot of movies this year, people. Damn! But I really do think that this exemplifies good cinematography, sound, soundtrack, acting, story, just movie. I feel trans not only transported, but elated and absolutely wonderful in my soul after seeing this. So for me, it gets best picture. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I want to say I was watching the movie and I feel like... When I went to college, Professor Oakland, he's like, don't call me Professor. <gasps> uh, he Why gave, would you do that? He gave me stacks and stacks of DVDs to watch. Yeah. I watched so many movies. Can I say, of I still have a couple. <laughs> I'm sorry. Those belong to the English department. I know. It still says it on there. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I discovered so many good movies. And I just, I watched a lot of very like movies where I'm like, yes, that was good. Like, there's mm-hmm. something to ah, it. high art. Yes, very mm. good. But there's something about a movie like Waking Dead Divine. It's like, fuck, I love this movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I, I think... just want to discover more movies that have that feeling. This might be in my top 10 favorite movies. Yeah. It's that good. Like, I don't know. I'm going to have to reassess, but it's that good. But I think I want to challenge all of my brother and sisters in filmmaking mm. and not say, make movies like Wake, Waking the Divine. Yeah, make movies like the movies you want to make. But I'm I'm saying when we watch Waking the Divine, the movie turns on, we hear like that Dropkick Murphy's like whatever, whoever the Irish it's rock not, band is, but, but it's, it's something yeah. like that. Yeah. Both you and I, I know we both have this feeling where that song comes on and we're like, fuck, I love this movie. It's it's a heartwarming, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, ah, God, I love this movie. Yeah. And it just brings back the memory of like, ah, you ready? This how, movie's how, great. Ryan, I want to ask you, how many times have you actually seen this movie? Probably six or seven, seven times. It was my fourth time seeing this movie, but it felt like my hundredth. Yeah, and it just feels at home. And I think the goal for all filmmakers should be Make a movie where the person watching it is going to go, fuck, I love this movie. Yes. Where it has the life and the verve that yes. they just have to. It's funny because this movie is mainly, it, it's scheming for sure, but like it has the amount of dialogue of a mumblecore movie in its length. Yeah. But it feels the opposite of it. Yeah. It, it has so much life and, I don't know, reassurance. I feel reassured after watching this movie. That also, is good art. Yeah, and also there's just kind of escapism to it. Yeah. 
you know, when you watch, but but, but not so far out the realm of reality. Right, right. When you watch, when you, what I like about Star Wars, which is my favorite fictional universe, is that it's such a like um, thought out world where it's like mm. I can actually see, like, if I got transported in the Star Wars universe, I could make my way. Like, sure. I wouldn't yeah, know yeah. what to do with mm-hmm. myself. I, I I see that. And there's something about Tully Moore where it's like. I could figure out life in Tully Moore. I could do this. I think it'd be a little easier than Star Wars, but, but yes, yeah. But there's I, something I get like, what you're saying. I could see a lifestyle for myself uh-huh. in Tully Moore. You can live on one planet in the Star Wars universe. Which is it? Uh, I would say Coruscant. Yeah, I, just because of the culture. I'm just fascinated by a planet that is one big city. I just think that's cool. Sure. And I think that's cool, too. possibilities. Sure. Really? You know, I, I ask the question... But there are so few planets in the Star Wars universe that feel more interesting than Coruscant. I might just say a ship. Um, no, that's a cop out. You got to pick a planet. I will. I will. I will challenge to you. Do you think Naboo would be your planet? I mean, it's a great place to live. But <laughs> could I hang out with Kunguns that often? But, but do I want to like? I mean, I can work there. Maybe a vacation do every I once have in a the while. Outfits for it. Um, I mean, there's so many th- planets that you don't want to live on. Exactly. I feel not like that's Tatooine, more of Star Wars. Not Mustafar. Not Hoth. Not Kamino. Like, you drown in Kamino. <laughs> I mean, y- your life is just living on platforms. Um, You know what's a beautiful planet? Oh, go ahead. Alderaan. Alderaan is great. But you would get toasted by the Death Star. There is a... I think if I was going to pull a planet, it might be Yavin 4. Ah, uh, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, you know what I mean? Yep. Anyways, tell me, Kelly, who the hell would you fall in love with? Are there any circumstances in which uh, the two of you might be more than just good friends? The truth of it is, I loved you from the first second I met you. <laughs> but mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. You have bewitched me, body and soul, and I love, I love I love you. I know. If I'm going to fall in love with anybody in this movie, I think it's going to be Michael Michael O'Sullivan. Uh, He's a sweetheart. That's all I need to say. I take the compliment because I, we've already decided that persona-wise, I'm Michael O'Sullivan. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. And I he there's something about... Uh, oh, Jackie. But No, but... <laughs> Oh, Jackie, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, <laughs> Michael's way of smoking his cigarette. Oh, mm. There's something about the cinematic smoker, right? Yeah. Where they just know how to handle a cigarette. So it's so funny because like Robin said that I'm Jackie and you're Michael. But like as I'm looking at Michael's like body language, the way he like shrinks up into himself. I'm like, uh-huh. that's totally me. Yeah. And, and you're so much more gregarious like body wise yeah. and like the way you act like Jackie. I think we're just wrapped up in these characters. I, I love them. And I, I famously made a Facebook post probably seven, eight years ago. And I said, a picture One of day. me, a picture of me and Kelly <laughs> 60 years from now. And it was, we should, it was those two. we should replicate that photo yeah. at some point in time. I'd do that with you. Yeah. But I mean, that is for all intents and purposes, that's couple goals for, for us. Hashtag. Are these two. <laughs> um, 
great, great choice. Um, I'm I'm not going to follow through with you, and I'm not going to go in on this path. <laughs> Michael is so skinny, by the way. When he he's driving <laughs> naked on that, yeah, he's so skinny. He's a string bean. Uh, I'm going with Maggie because, like like I said, she's lovely. Now, my my question to you, Ryan: mm-hmm. Do you employ enough fruity soaps? <laughs> I've got enough fruity soaps. Sarah got me a new shampoo, and I was I was. For what? Lath- Why do you need shampoo, Ryan? I have a beard. Oh, yeah, okay. I was lathering up the beard, and um, I was like, fuck, I smell like a college student. Because <laughs> oh. it, it was like that like suave brand. Sure, 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 it's sure. like, sure. God, I... S- it brought me back to like um, the communal showers of McMillan Hall. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the amount of Axe body spray that was yeah. sprayed on people in that. <laughs> Woo! You couldn't walk in, in there or BJ without getting assaulted. Mm-hmm. Um, good choice. Maggie is just gorgeous. Ah, uh, William, marry me, Maggie. Susan Lynch. Hot damn. Well, I think that brings us to next week's movie. And Ryan, I'd like to make a proposal to you. In fact, I'd like to propose the proposal because we have recently lost a true icon of American culture. Sir Betty White. It's gonna take a lot to get me away from you. Damn, damn. There's nothing that a hundred men or more could ever do. Sapien, I bless the rains down in Africa. Bless the rains. Sir, I I have it in my head as George Martin version of S.E.R. of Sir. Sir, Sir Betty White, the knight. <laughs> yeah. Betty White, the knight. <laughs> We, I think we Our should. Our white knight. You've talked to me about. I've only seen it once. You actually showed mm. me the proposal. Um, I think we should dip our toes into the land of Betty White and watch that film. Yeah, I'm yeah. all in. I'm all, all right. in. Uh, I do want to have an on-air production money. Money. Sure. On air. I mean, if you have some <laughs> on-air production meeting. Uh, we're at a beer, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, in February. We've got two new rom-coms coming out. Ooh. We've got Marry Me with J-Lo and Owen Wilson. Marry. Oh, it's not. Marry uh, Me. <laughs> that That is what the Arrested Development movie should be. Yeah. Marry Me. <laughs> and then we've got an Amazon movie. I think it's called I Want You Back with the dude from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Which one? Charlie. Charlie Hunnam? Nope. <laughs> Charlie is a character in Always Sunny. That guy. Yes. Whatever that guy is. I don't know why I said Charlie. <laughs> um, and Jenny something from SNL. And... Moskowitz. No, she was Marcel the Shell. Um, oh, Marcel the Shell. Robin can actually do it a, a perfect impersonation. Who of am I the thinking Shell. of? We should Anyways, have her on. That's who it's in. I don't know as much about the Amazon movie, but I okay. saw a preview for Marry Me at CinemaCon in Vegas six right, months ago. I'm like, right. I'm excited. This looks Robin like a and I big watched budget. the trailer the other day. We're yeah. very excited about it. I'm a little bummed because Universal got cold feet because of Omicron and they're putting it on Peacock. Um, Which we totally have. <sighs> but I, nonetheless, we I want to watch it okay. and I want to do those movies yeah, let's totally for do it. February. Okay, well, what we're going to do is like we kind of have our next month planned out mm-hmm. for the most part. We have, we're going to do the proposal next week, which is going to be number 99. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So the proposal is going to be 99. Oh, okay. Episode 100. We can just tell the people now. Let's get them prepared. Okay. Okay. So we did the (laughs) rom-com Oscars on episode 52. It was a full year. Full year. Okay. So. Oh, I see what you're saying. 
So what we're going to have to do is 99 is proposal. 100, we're going to go with the greatest romance of all time, Titanic. Cue Titanic music with Celine Dion. Then, after that, we're going to have to be doing our end of the month episode from patrons. Oh, okay. So probably Legally Blonde. Probably Legally Blonde. Then after that, we're going to be doing one of those movies that you just mentioned. Uh Then after that, it's going to be Valentine's Day, where we're going to have to do bromantic comedy with Nail and I. Yes. (laughs) After that... We're going to be doing because that'll bring us to 103. Okay, um, and and that that 103 is going to be the other movie that you suggested, right? The Amazon one, and then after that, it's going to be 104, which is going to be the next year rom com Oscars, full two years. So we literally have our next two months planned. For Done. Us. Boom. Okay. Hot damn, Ryan! I love you like somebody I want to be friends with the rest of my life. I love you so much so that I would go in on a f- fully like Irish vacation where somehow we are ripping off the Irish lotto. That sounds great. <clears throat> and this is where we will say a goodbye. Ryan and Kelly must bid you adieu. Thank you for listening to our review. Rate and subscribe, we'll even take a bribe. See you next week on a gentleman's guide to rom-coms.